1: Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, what is up? Friday, TGIF. Mike is good, video is good. Friday, September the 30th, 2022. What's going on? Appreciate you all tuning in. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. I see Kins, Justin Lankford, Travis Steven, Brennan M. Brennan, are you off today? David Garrick, Breaking, Todd Smith. What is up? Also, those that are in the Big Cock Club Discord. Have the TDC Questions channel, <clears throat> the TDC Questions channel, to be sure that your questions are answered there. Guys, very excited to chat with you all. Uh, again, we are live, taking your questions, your comments, your calls. Gamecock's getting a big W last night. We can dive into that much, much more here on this Friday. I most certainly want to hear from you. Also, guys, we've got my friend Jake Crane. Uh, <clears throat> I got to hit Jacob. I'm not sure if he's calling in or if he is going to be joining us via video, let me see here, I'm not sure, we, we probably should have figured this out beforehand, but either way, Jake Crane will join us, also, we got a special guest at 1 o'clock Eastern, my good friend Brett Siancia of Pick 6 Previews, he's gonna hop on the show, talk some, uh, talk some Gamecock, okay, he'll, he'll do audio, so Jake Crane will call in at 12.15, He will call in at 12.15. Okay. All right. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Craig Phillips as well. We're here in the Big Cock Club Discord, the TDC Questions channel. Also, you might be wondering, Chris, the beanie. What's up with the beanie? I'm actually wearing this in honor of uh, tomorrow. I will get to work on a brand new fall and winter line for all of our merchandise. So, All the designs that you all know and love in things like beanies, long sleeves, pullovers, hoodies, all that good stuff. I'm going to be working on that tomorrow. Probably drop either Sunday or Monday. And beanies will most definitely be in the collection. You see this here. Actually, really, really comfortable. So I'm probably going to make this in all different kinds. Uh, of beanies as well. Uh, we've already got a lot of the hoodies and long sleeves and stuff like that on the store, but like the Beamer Rattler stuff and some others and different colorways, we do not have everything available. So by end of the weekend, I will have that all uploaded because, guys, it's that time of year, man. Hoodie season is upon us. Winter, fall, if you will, is upon us, what have you. Uh, the cool weather is moving in. So uh, be sure to get your hoodies and all that good stuff and all your long sleeves and and everything you need, guys. Before we really get rolling, I want to tell you about our friends are at Price Picks because The Daily Crow is brought to you by our friends at Price Picks. Go down with the Picks app, go to pricepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS. You're going to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Okay? And this is for prop plays. So, things like passing yards, rushing yards, uh, interceptions, touchdowns, anything you can think of. And it's not just for college football. You can do it for MLB, NHL, NBA, of course, college sports, whatever. So, whatever you like, you can do it. That's the Price Picks app and or their website, pricepicks.com. Go download it. Go hit them up. Use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them. That Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you guys. Let's go break the bookie. A lot of folks that tune to this show I know for for a fact have broken the bookie and have won a lot of money with our friends at Price Pick. So, uh, be sure to check them out. Guys, again, taking your questions, comments, calls. I already see the comments rolling in. Uh, here we go. We'll dive into it. Ken said, I asked Tim Hill this on his show. Would love your opinion. Do you think the pass interference calls concern you? It seems like Cam Smith is due for about two each game. Um, do they concern me? You know, it's interesting, though. They're not something that did we really see that in the games against Arkansas and Georgia? Like, I I don't really recall that being a thing. Do you? So I don't know why over the last two weeks, it just seems like maybe we're playing a little bit more aggressively, a little bit more physically, a little more hands on than we had in the SEC games. I don't know. But I mean, it's certainly not a habit you want to fall into, Ken. So. Um, does it concern me in the sense like it's one of the top things I'm looking for against, let's say Kentucky? Uh, not necessarily, but it's it's most certainly something to keep an eye on. It's something to keep an eye on, no doubt. Uh, Stephen Boyle Jr. looks like Robbie was wrong about special teams or a special teams touchdown. Well, Robbie was close in his score prediction though. He had fifty six to seven, and the Gamecocks won fifty to ten. Um, so, anyways, guys, first TDC we've ever done, by the way, the day after a game. Victory Friday indeed, Travi. You're right. Everybody should be in a pretty good mood. Breaking 70. We've got Vandy and Mizzou. We just need to find one more. And you're talking about to getting to bowl eligibility. Is Mizzou a kick-in win? Like, I, I, I just – I look at the schedule at this point, guys. Until proven otherwise, I don't know that any game's just a kick-in. Like, Like, this team, it would not – you know, it would not shock me if we lost a game like to Missouri. It wouldn't shock me if at this point we got upset. Like, I, I would not put anything past this team. And I don't say that really disrespectfully. I just think the SEC is is uh, is good top to bottom. And we've still got some issues and deficiencies. And um, Vandy's not the terrible Vandy that I feel like we've seen in years past. I, I, I don't know. Um, guys, I guess that's my, you know, the, the podcast did drop this morning, by the way. I'm actually surprised how awake and how alert I am today uh, <laughs> based on the fact that I went to bed last night at 3 a.m. We were up last night burning the midnight oil and getting the show edited and uploaded and recorded and all that. So the podcast did drop this morning, full breakdown of everything that happened last night. I'll just say this, guys. I think we all agree there's not – you can't draw conclusions from a game like South Carolina State. You know, how much can you really take away from it, what have you. Um, my question of the day for you all is this, okay? After these two games, this quote-unquote cupcake part of the schedule, how do you now feel about this Gamecocks football team? And specifically, how do you feel going into Kentucky? Better? Worse? Or the same? What are your overall thoughts and feelings? And I pose this question again to all of GameCop Nation. After these two games against Charlotte and SC State, which were two opportunities to get your football team right, to figure some things out, do you feel better, worse, or the same moving forward? Not just talking about Kentucky, I'm talking about the prospects of this entire football season. Because again, it's it's what's so interesting is we are exactly where most all of us picked the Gamecocks to be at this point. Yet I don't know that we feel the way that I thought we would feel. I I, I don't I, I don't know that we feel that way. Right. So Kentucky's going to tell us a lot. I'm I'm very I don't know about you guys. I'm very excited to watch that game tomorrow. Um, I'm very excited to watch Kentucky Ole Miss. By the way, I didn't realize till like an hour ago it's a noon kickoff. That seems kind of criminal. Now, you're talking about a Kentucky team is top ten and Ole Miss is ranked, or is Ole Miss ranked? I think they are, right? Or no? Maybe they're not. Either way, a Kentucky team is top ten and they're playing at noon. I just that just seems. <clears throat> I don't know. It seems interesting. Either way, though, I'm excited to watch that game. Get a look at Kentucky see what they're all about, um, even more so. I think Kentucky's overrated, right? I think Kentucky's overrated, personally. And I'm sure many of you feel the exact same way. But I'm excited to get a look at them. Uh, Lady Bree says, is this live? Thought you said you were recording. Maybe the other podcast you do, I never hear. Lady Bree, this is live. Yes, Lady Bree. I how Lady Bree, how could I take questions and calls if this was not live? <laughs> I, I no. So Lady Bree, here, here's here's how it works. I drop the podcast under the name the, excuse me, the Spurs Up Show. Right. The podcast under the name the Spurs Up Show drops Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, under the name the Spurs Up Show. The Daily Crow, which is what this is, airs Monday through Friday, 12 to 2. This is always live. This is never some pre-recorded. None of the interviews I do, by the way, they are all live. Everything we do is live. If it's ever not live, I'll tell you. But I take questions, comments, calls all live. This is all live. So, now, I upload this, Lady Brie. I upload this audio after the fact, as a podcast for those who can't catch the whole thing Nuna two under the name The Daily Crow. But this is live. Yeah, this is always live. So, um, last night, Lady Bree, I recorded the podcast for today under the name The Spurs Upshurst that dropped this morning. Is that confusing? Which, you know what's so interesting about that? It's like, I could probably get away, and I don't want to do this because I, I just, I look at TDC and the podcast. As two completely separate entities because they are, right? But I think there's a lot of people that would would be would be content if this were the podcast. John, I hit the hay last night at 3 a.m., my guy. We were burning the midnight oil. But and I know my guy John, my guy John gets it, because I've talked to John about this. He's like, no, no, no. You gotta keep TDC and the podcast separate. And I agree because the podcast is much more like a I don't want to say it's a scripted thing. It's not, but it's much more like I'm able to just get to points and address certain things. And the beauty of TDC is it's it's this free-flowing thing, you know. I probably would not be able to get to all the points that I want to make if TDC were the podcast. So they're two separate things. So, Lady Bree, again, to answer your question, yes, this is live, the Daily Crow and the Spurs Up show. While they're one and the same, they're two separate. Does that make sense? Hopefully, I explained it well. Uh, Jake Crane going to call in and join us in a couple minutes, guys. Appreciate you all tuning in. Happy Friday. Hope you guys, by the way, are staying safe. Be sure you stay safe from the hurricane, the storm. Um, Check in on your neighbors. uh, Make sure everybody's doing okay. I know most of us should be fine. I think we might just get some some showers here, some weather here in Greenville, but nothing crazy. Uh, Yeah, so... Darrell Jr., got to get the ball to Jaheen Bell and Austin Stogner more, and I would agree with you.
0: 10%. Here we go. Hall of Famer.
2: Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Just trying to stay dry because of all this rain mess. All this rain mess. The rain mess. All the rain, all the rain, all the, all the wind right. and the rain. Okay disgustingness. That's a hurricane. I'm trying to stay
1: dry. Robbie, how about you're getting getting called out on the Daily Crow today because your prediction... Listen here.
2: Okay. 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 I can fix this. I can fix this. Okay. You ready? I'm about to fix this. I can guarantee you the one and only Babe Ruth did not hit a home run every time he went up the bat. Okay. So, yeah. Did I... Did I call my? Did I? Did I? Did I make a prediction? Yes, I did. Was I wrong about said prediction? Yes. Do I think our special team coordinator needs to grow a set and a, and and stop doing this whole safe punt stuff? Yeah, I think we need to dag it whenever we have a chance to possibly get a blocked punt. I say bring the dang house, and he didn't do it. Doggone.
1: Me, I would have done it. I mean, Robbie, just about I, every time last right, night, right. I would have done it. <clears throat> I, I was just going to say, Robbie, to be fair, <clears throat> we did tip two points. So, so well, that, well,
2: my dad said that that didn't count because it was tip. I was like, well, technically, it kind of does. So, in a way, I was not wrong. And I also found out last night that a guy and his son that was sitting behind me and my dad played at South Carolina from 99 to 2002.
1: Really? Okay. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. I don't remember what he said his name was, but all he said was that he played from 99 to 02. And I was that gum nine points off of the predictions, all gone.
1: You were. I mean, hey, you were. You were. Uh, yeah, you were. Uh, spot on, <laughs> almost. I was. I was impressive. I got the ten right. I just didn't oh, get yeah. the sixty six. I. I was. Uh, I just needed <laughs> a little bit more scoring, but uh, yeah. And the the interception that
2: Rattler threw going away from the student section whenever we were in the red zone, okay, that was not Spencer's fault because it hit the receiver in the hand. If it hits you in the hands and you're a wide receiver, you better catch the damn thing. Okay, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Because if it gets tipped because of you and it gets picked, that 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 ain't on the quarterback. That's on the receiver for not catching
1: Robbie, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> fans, especially of the college variety, tend to get up in their feelings a bit when you when you call out a kid specifically. So I, I won't, uh, I won't bury the kid today, but yeah, I, I, I mean, no, listen, I'm not I two, two interceptions, both off the hands of a receiver. Um, I don't know how many more reps the kid should see the rest of the year. I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to just but man that's you, you can't live with that you can't live with that you know what I mean it didn't cost you right. against SC State it didn't cost you against Kentucky so um I mean you, could, hate it, like not, could, yeah. you, you hate it for the kid because he's not you hate it for the kid because obviously he's not trying to drop it like even the first one first one I can you know what bad luck play that second one was just a that, that was mm-hmm. abysmal that was abysmal I mean that hits you right in the face I, I just that cannot happen so yeah anyways yeah, yeah. um yeah but, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the game, very ho-hum, workmanlike performance went as I kind of expected. Right. You know, to be fair, and I, and I said this on the podcast, but to be fair, they couldn't have thrown it downfield enough for my liking. They just really couldn't have because I, I, I wanted to see so much of it. But right. uh, I, I thought we did a couple of times go downfield and at least show the ability to stretch the field a little bit. Um, right. You know, it's still swing pass, sat. You know, up to his up to his tricks, but you know, it is what it is. It's just you you are if, what you are. If I would have,
2: uh, I I about that um, walked my butt all the way down to the front row, jumped over the wall, and told sat get your ass in the stands. I'm doing the play calling. I was that pissed. If I see another – correct me if I'm wrong. If a they, if they pass – if a swing pass gets picked, nine, nine, nine times out of ten, what happens?
1: Nine times out, out of ten, pitch, what happens pitch. if a pass gets – yeah, it, it, it's – I don't know about nine times out of it's ten, but it, it happens. It happens. The
2: majority of the time, it's a house call. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, if we keep doing this, they're going to sit on it, and Rattler's going to throw an interception that's really not going to be his fault. It's going to be Satterfield's fault for calling the dumb play in the right. first place. Right. I mean, I get you want to get your athletes in space, but whenever you can't block worth a damn – Doing a swing pass ain't gonna help
3: matters.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't mind the occasional one, but it's, it's yeah, obviously it's too many for our liking, for sure. I think that's that's right. You know, I, I think that's. And that's I
2: did an like. I, but, and I did like what I saw from the running game, even though it was against South Carolina State. Okay. I did like what I saw from it. Mm-hmm. We had some not great runs, but very decent runs. Okay, mm-hmm. and I and that and 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 I don't know what's going on with Marshawn Lloyd. He keeps coughing up the ball occasionally. That 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 crap's got to stop. Okay, fumbling the ball and he. And he Am I happy for him that he got some good runs last night? Yes, but priority numero uno, hang on to the ball. I used to tell the running backs at Branchville all the time. I don't give it. I don't give a darn how many rushing yards you get
3: in this game.
2: Priority number one, hang on to the football. Because if you hang on to the football, the other team can't score.
1: big facts, Robbie. Robbie, I hate to uh, I hate to cut you early my guy. We got uh Jake Crane that's going to call in. He's limited on time. So if you want to call back in in a little bit, my dude, if you got any more to say, just let me know. Um, but yeah, we got to we got to we'll get do. Jake we got to get Jake in and out. So
2: No problem. No problem. Says try.
1: Yeah, man, we'll do. Call back in if you want, Robbie. You're more than welcome to. You know that. So all right, let's jump to Jake Crane going to get him to call in. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Waiting, We are waiting. We are waiting. We are waiting on. I think he's got the number. We'll send it again. to accept jake crane what's going on my man you know i just realized when you call in, i've got to change your contact information not because it doesn't have the correct name but it still has you listed under the j-boy show kind of felt like a blast in the past when you called in what's up man how you doing uh
2: Uh, doing good man doing good another friday uh almost a week five it's just amazing how fast it goes and I just uh, found that my new French Bulldog puppy just went to the bathroom in our carpeted room. So, other
1: than that, it's going great. I love it. I love it. Jake, I I never thought I'd be talking to you at any point in this season where you and I would have two games to talk about at once, basically. South Carolina has played twice since you and I last spoke, which I think is is really, really interesting, obviously, because of all the the weather effects and stuff like that. So, I think it actually works out well, Jake, because these two games – you can really kind of couple into one, both very similar opponents and very similar, I think, in regards to, you know, takeaways or lack thereof in the games. Um, so I'll just go ahead and dive into it and ask you overall. Um, you look at these two games, again, not sure how much you were able to watch. Of course, Southcon I think, was the only college game. Or actually, there was one other. I think BYU and Utah State was on as well because I saw – I think there was a shoe throw in that game, If I'm if I'm correct. Kind of a flashback to – Florida, LSU. Either way, though, South Carolina gets two big wins, throws up a couple 50 burgers. Um, We'll go back into SEC play next weekend against Kentucky. Let's talk Spencer Rattler. You know, I thought last night very quietly had an efficient night. Uh, Receiver did not help him on two passes, but overall if those those passes are either caught or dropped, you know, a, a very solid night for him. I understand the level of competition. I made this point earlier in the week, though, Jake, that I do believe that, you know, one of the big narratives in Knox against Spencer Rattler was him as a teammate, his, his composure and the way he's handled himself. So again, understand the competition. We've got a long way to go. But uh, overall thoughts on what you've seen of Spencer Rattler of late. Uh, again, I know it's hard to draw any conclusions and you certainly can't do so. But uh, anything stand out to you from his last two ball games? Uh,
2: you know, I, I've really seen, you know, kind of a lot of similarities to, to what we saw in, in the first couple. You know, you, you have some good, uh, you have some bad, you have some stuff that's out of his control. Uh, just kind of in, in, an, in an overview, you got done what you needed to get done. You, you won both the games. I just think South Carolina <laughs> is, is just who they are right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I watched the game last night. I, I liked what uh, Satterfield did with Jaheim Bell when they got in the old witch phone and basically gave him the fullback dive trying to incorporate him more and more into the offense because he is one of your mo- most diverse weapons and one of your best matchups. But, you know, I, I, I kind of think South Carolina is, is, you know, who they are. You're, you're not going to get uh, an elite performance because you don't have elite personnel on both sides of the ball. South Carolina's best bet to me in these games coming up is to, to kind of take a page out of some of these other teams in the SEC playbook and, and just play clean. You know, most teams lose games. They don't win them. Uh, That's not to say South Carolina can't go out there and put a really good performance together. But in order to win, their margin for error is very small. So if they can go out there and not turn the ball over, stay ahead of the chain, bend but don't break, only give up field goals in the red zone instead of touchdowns, they're going to be in some of these games against really good opponents. But until they get that depth in there, like I've been saying since the summer, and you're able to just roll guys in and out, and guys are used to playing each other, it's going to continue to be choppy. So, I I think we kind of got a good identity for who
0: South Carolina is.
1: Yeah, I I do agree with you, Jake, when you say the margin for error is so small. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways from this point in the season. Because, Jake, what's so interesting, South Carolina is exactly where I picked them to be at this point in the year. You know, they've won the games they were supposed to win, and they've lost the ones they were supposed to lose. But the feeling around Gamecock Nation is just not quite what I thought it would be. I don't feel the way that I thought I would. And, again, it's because of how it looks. And I do agree with you, and maybe this isn't a bold take, but I would venture to say you know, teams like Alabama, Georgia, at this point, Kentucky, Texas, A&M, whatever, the, the Tennessee, the upper echelon of the SEC right now, they're good enough that if they, let's say, lose the turnover battle, they can overcome that. I don't see South Carolina being a team that can overcome that. Like, like I I think you look at a game in Lexington against Kentucky, you look Texas A&M, you look at uh, Tennessee, Florida, whatever, you're going to need to, like you said, let the other team beat themselves and you need to play clean football for sure. Let's talk, uh, before we get off these two games, Jake, let's talk Marshawn Lloyd. How about uh, what you've seen for his performances? I, I think coming out of these two games, again, I understand the level of competition. I think he needs to be the focal point of the offense. I I think it's been great to see Marshawn as finally – he's 110% healthy, no doubt. I think he showed in these last two weeks just how not healthy he really was last year because he looks like a completely different player. Again, I know the level of competition, but you got to think it's really encouraging what he's shown you these last two weeks, that explosiveness, that agility, and really uh, living up to everything he was advertised to be on the recruiting trail. Well,
2: you know, Chris, I think it was, was two years ago, the first time I came on this show, when me and you talked about how good Marshawn Lloyd was looking, all the stuff coming out of camp about how talented he was uh, and, and how much of a move he's going to be able to make. I, I don't think I'm mistaken there. But no, you're, you're seeing what everybody else was seeing at the time after he recovered from that, that knee injury. Uh, look, he's a guy that's quick, quick. But if you notice, you you have runners that are just instinctual, runners that understand how to get yards. How many times if you go back, and and look, I know, like you said, Charlotte and South Carolina State, they're not going to be playing for the Super Bowl anytime soon. But when you watch him run, how many times does he go backwards? He doesn't. When he gets, It's not just about the shiftiness and making guys miss and the speed. Obviously, those are important things. But watch his leverage at contact. He's a natural runner of the ball. He understands when to get north and south, and he knows what he's looking at. You know, typically young backs that are coming out of high school that are very talented, they've hit a lot of home runs, right? Got, we used to say they've gotten a lot of fastballs, right? <laughs> They're used to being able to take any run at any point in time and try and go score. Now, the goal, 99.9% <clears throat> of the time, is to score a touchdown on the play. You know, you're not trying to run the clock out or whatever. But there are times in games where you realize, hey, man, it's 3rd and 2. They've loaded the box. I see a little seam here. I'm going to attack it and fall downhill. And it's those little things that separate you. Another thing is he's got really good hands. He's a really good catcher of the ball, a receiver of the ball. He catches the ball away from his body with his eyes, and he immediately gets his head around he just He's a football player, and I know that's an overused term, but he is 100% natural, athletic, smart football player at the running back position, and y'all got a good one.
1: Now, Jake, I keep saying, obviously, you know, you, you can't draw conclusions. You know, you can only take away so much. I'll, I'll ask you this, switching gears. Do you like the games against the FCS opponents and and, and the games against smaller competition? Because I know there's some people that hate it. You know, they hate the, quote, unquote, cupcake games. What What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I will say it is tough from a fan standpoint that, uh, you know, cause I encourage you to listen, enjoy the victories, right? Enjoy the wins. I, I don't care who you're playing. Um, especially when you're a team like South Carolina, let's call it what it is. You know, you're, you're, you're winning half your games and losing half your games. Right. I, I say this, Jake, it's a hundred percent guaranteed that we're going to be miserable after the losses, right? Because losing sucks. So, You know, being miserable or being happy is a choice to a degree. So why not be happy after the wins and savor the wins, right? Why also be miserable after the losses? Because what happens in a game like South Carolina State or Charlotte, and and listen, I'm a bit guilty of it because you almost have to nitpick, Jake, right? You can't just take it at face value and say, well, you know, we scored 50 points, so we're elite offensively now. You have to nitpick these things because you know when you go back into SEC play, you will, like you said, you'll be who you are even more so. So what are your thoughts on these games against like FCS competition? Are you, are you in favor of it? Because, I mean, you think of even like Alabama and Georgia when they play, they play these teams. It's like, what are you really gaining from it, right? What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that?
2: Well, you know, I think there's two ways to look at it. You look at it from a fan perspective, and you look at it from a coach's perspective. Now, I still can't shake the coach's perspective because I did it for so long. If I'm coaching in the SEC, I don't want to hear about strength of schedule. Like, my strength of schedule is automatically better than yours. If I was a head coach, we'd play FCS East, FCS Southeast, FCS Northeast, (laughs) because it's such a grind to get through the SEC season. Now, if I was out there in the – in the, you know, the American or somewhere like that, or maybe in the Pac-12 where you got to go hunt for it to be able to get recognition. That's another thing. But from a coaching perspective, I've got no problem with it. It's smart. I have a couple non-conference scheduling rules. One, never schedule a school that's based on a religion. Nobody plays harder for longer than somebody worried about the afterlife. Number two, never schedule a triple option team. I don't care how good they are. I don't care how bad they are. It takes a month out of practice and it takes a lot of practice time away from going against normal human being offenses. So I don't, I don't do the triple option thing. Love Navy, love Air Force, all that stuff, not scheduling the, scheduling to you, sorry, not doing it. Number three, if I'm going to play a neutral site game against a big opponent, we're going to do it in my state, like LSU and Florida State, like Georgia and Oregon. We may not be in Baton Rouge or Atlanta, but it's still a de facto home game. So those are kind of my three non-conference rule scheduling rules when it comes down to it. But you can always take something from every game. Now, you can't sit there and say, all right, uh, you know, as a fan, we scored 50 points against South Carolina State. We're the Globetrotters on offense. You know and I know that's not the truth. We watch the game. But, but the, big, the two biggest things you take away from games like that, number one is confidence. I don't care who you're playing. When you go out there and dismantle somebody in a gladiator sport like football is, it does give you confidence as a team. It's nice to be able to sit down and film the next day and watch you moss a guy. It's nice to be able to sit down and film the next day and see you tackling well in space. It gives you a little confidence. It doesn't mean you're there yet. It doesn't mean you could do it against Georgia, but just internally as a person, it gives you and the team confidence. The second thing is you get to see some other guys play typically and young guys. Now with the new redshirt rules, you can play a certain percentage of snaps and a lot of those snaps get played in those games by kids That can still redshirt but you want to get them a little bit of a taste so it helps out the program and lastly i always say that these cupcake games are like the the scavengers or, or the ants of the college football jungle you don't really know why you need them until you realize there's not a bunch of dead carcasses around the jungle and stuff like that because you're paying them money to play you're helping out their program which is helping out college football. So I think that's kind of a a different way to look at it than what people normally do. But from a a holistic, from an existential perspective, I guess you could say, you can't take out of it whether you're going to win the Natty or not. So, I mean, I'll give you a great example. Hell, Georgia beats Oregon half to death. I mean, they had to call the guys from first 48 to figure out what happened after that game. And then they beat Kent State by 17. Each week is different. The goal of a dominant program, and you hear Saban talk about this, and Kirby, and Brian Kelly, and Ryan Day. The goal of a program, it doesn't matter if you're playing South Carolina State or if you're playing Alabama. It's not about them. It's about you. Because football, at the end of the day, is blocking and tackling. And the better you can get at the fundamentals, yes, the scheme and game plan will be adjusted to who you're playing. That speaks for itself. But the true fundamentals of the game don't change. And, And that's the goal of a program. A fan can look at South Carolina State and say, all right, we're way better than them. We don't have to play our best game to do that. That's the luxury of being a fan. You're not going to get fired from being an accountant on Monday because Spencer Rattler threw a couple of interceptions. You don't have to worry about that. But as a coach, as a coach, you can't go in there and say, all right, guys, whoo, man, that game against Georgia last week was tough. They beat our ass. But man, this week, we got those. We got those. Those uh, kids from South Carolina State, those children coming up here that we're just going to walk for four quarters. So that's that's not the goal. And I think you see that with Shane. What, what I was looking for on the sideline was the level of excitement. Shane Beamer treated that game just like he treated the Georgia game. And I think that's the best sign that you can see because Shane understands that because he's been around guys that understand that. So there are some things you can even take off from the sideline in games like this as opposed to just washing it away and saying all right it doesn't matter we got to beat somebody that matters
1: Jake you took a lot of heat in the preseason my man for picking the Gamecocks to go five and seven two and six in the league I'll ask you as we sit here right now for South Carolina already through five games but entering week five you've seen what the Gamecocks look like you've seen the landscape of the SEC how confident do you feel right now in that five and seven two and six pick that you made in the preseason I mean, I feel as, as confident as I ever had. I, I thought, you know, it, it it would be good if
2: they went six and six, get back to a bowl game, get that extra practice time for the young guys, add some more in the portal since the rattler comes back and, and you make a run for it in twenty twenty three. But let's go through the schedule real quick, Chris. You gotta pull it up let's go through the schedule yeah, and good. let's really look at games. Mm-hmm. Games that you look at and say, All right, well, this is a definite win. Let
1: let's just let's look yeah. at it. And Jake, Jake, before you before you go, to your point, to your point. I'm not somebody that like adjusts my, you know, season predictions on a weekend, week out basis. I lock in predictions over the summer and then I give my game predictions on a week in, week out basis. I mean, listen, I'll sit here and tell you right now I think this is probably a six and six football team, and I don't really know what the sixth win is, but it's much more of a six and six team than an eight and four team like I picked in the preseason. I mean, I I can look at this football team Yeah, well, you you know what, like Um, look. Yeah. Pick
2: it in preseason uh, it's, that, that's why pre- that's why I'm a firm believer and I have to do it I'm in sports media you yeah. got to do it but see I'm from the school of we shouldn't even have polls yeah. or rankings until week four After, you need three weeks so that's why we didn't drop our power rankings until going into last week mm-hmm. because I need to see it I need to I need to see the injuries that you have I need to see who's stepping up who's not stepping up who? What new coordinator uh, took over? Is it working? Is it not working? So I, I'm a firm believer in, in preseason polls. You know, look, it's 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 fun. It gives us fodder to talk about. It's good for clicks and views. Right. But you're really not going to know until a couple weeks in. Yeah.
1: So you go through the schedule, Jake, at Kentucky, which I, I said this in the preseason, and I stand by it. I, I think it's the greatest inflection point of South Carolina's 2022 season because if you do find a way to win that one, I, I think all of a sudden you say, okay, Right, South Carolina, maybe they're making something this season. These two games, they had these cupcakes. They were really able to find themselves, and they helped them out. Uh, You win that one, seven and fives on the table. You lose to Kentucky, and I think we all agree you're scrambling to get the bowl eligibility. So, I'll let you go through. At Kentucky, like the view of the rest of this schedule. At Kentucky, we'll start with.
2: Well, you know, I think Kentucky's one of the best shots you have because they're not very explosive on offense. Uh, losing Wondell Robinson affected them a lot more than what people are thinking. Will Levis is a good player. I don't think he's elite. Uh, They have to play clean to beat you. They're good fundamentally. They're good up front. And if I'm a South Carolina fan, I am the biggest Kentucky fan in the world this weekend. Y'all go beat Ole Miss. Y'all stay riding high. Stay confident. Keep having people pat you on the back and let us sneak up on you. The worst thing that could happen is if they go lose to Ole Miss, and now Kentucky comes back home pissed off with their backs against the wall. Yeah. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go Kentucky by by a touchdown, probably three to seven points right now. Uh, but after this weekend shakes out, uh, I think we'll know a little bit more. You'll kind of know the mindset of Kentucky going into that game.
1: Yeah, then the Gamecocks will have a bye week, Jake, and, I, and I'll just run through the rest of the schedule, and you can give me your brief thoughts on it. you got Texas a at home, Mizzou yep. at home, at Vandy, at Florida, Tennessee at home, at Clemson. Now, in your predictions, you had South Carolina beating Mizzou and beating Vandy. Let me ask you this: If the Gamecocks are going to get the bowl eligibility, which of those games do you feel like is the most likely sixth win at this point?
2: Uh, I would probably say AM. and uh, I would say A and M because, again, you know, losing Anaya nice Smith hurt them bad. I mean, he was one of the few vertical threats they had. I think we're going to see that against Mississippi State this weekend. Uh, the Max Thompson move was a good move, I think. I just don't think a is explosive enough on offense to be able to run away from you, especially on the road. I think there's a much better chance to beat AM than there is Kentucky. Mizzou and Vandy, again, they are who I thought they were. You guys should be able to roll them up and smoke them.
1: Jake, man, you're, the, you're a legend. I appreciate you. Uh, you look at this weekend's slate of games before I get you out of here. Uh, some interesting games, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Bama, Arkansas, of course. Uh, I just saw our friend SEC Mike is actually picking the upset. He's got the Hogs beating Alabama in Fayetteville. Uh, LSU, Auburn, Kentucky Ole Miss. Just talk about the SEC slate. What you're most looking forward to this weekend?
2: Oh, man, I mean, you know, not just even in the SEC, but but nationally you got five top 25 matchups, some really good ones.
1: You know, I, I think this
2: I, I locked in Arkansas on the alternate line at plus 21, I think going off at minus 165 with, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like basically walking into a bank with a gun and robbing them. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit closer than what people think. But Arkansas' secondary is so decimated. Bama's getting JoJo Earl back. I highly doubt that Bama's going to play as bad as they did on the road against Texas from a penalty standpoint. Uh, And that's really – Arkansas has got to hope that Bama comes out and and struggles. Uh, That's what they got to hope because I don't think with the way the offense is put together right now that they're going to be able to go put 35 on Bama at home. I, I just don't see it. Could be wrong. You never know. It's football. Uh, You know, looking at A&M and Mississippi State, I think this could be the sneakiest, best game of the weekend. I like Mississippi State at home. Uh, They dropped the ball, pun intended, at LSU. Not only the wide receivers, but the part returners allowed LSU to get back in that game at home. Uh, And that's a death sentence down there in Death Valley. Uh, Didn't mean to put those two together, but that worked out well. Uh, Then, you you know, you look across the rest of the league, Kentucky at Ole Miss. I call it the game of the great unknown, you know. It's like like, uh, Lewis and Clark going west. You're just walking out and seeing what's in front of you because we don't really know uh, from Ole Miss. Jackson Dark's a good player. They have a couple weapons on offense, but we really don't know. Kentucky, we got a better idea of who they are. I'm just waiting to see if this offense can take the next step and start being able to be effective down the field. If they can't do that, you're going to see this same movie over and over again. Uh, Auburn and LSU, you know, uh, as a guy from Auburn, um, it's just not a good situation right now. LSU does have a tendency to freak out when they come in jordan in a bad way. Uh, the only way I see LSU losing this is if there's multiple turnovers uh, and Auburn makes a big play on defense and special teams to score a touchdown because, you know, Auburn's offense uh, right now, I mean, they, they can put it in a rectangle in a game of Tetris. So um, uh, that, one's, that one's probably going to be ugly. I'd take the under in that one. Uh, Auburn's starting centers out. LSU's starting two freshman tackles. So Auburn does have two good defensive ends.
0: That's about it.
2: But uh, that, that's what they got. So, there's some great games. i tell you what, man, Clemson-NC State should be a war. You talk about a physical game, two defenses that are really deep, that fly around, Clemson's returning some guys. Uh, that should be a really good game. So, I'm just excited to watch some football,
1: man. <clears throat> Same here, man. I'm looking forward to my, – my top two games I'm looking forward to. That Kentucky Ole Miss game, getting a look at the Caps where we play them in the course – Go Wolfpack. <laughs> Watch it oh, up. yeah, I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. Sh- yeah. shocker, right, yeah. shocker, for sure. Jake Crane of Crane & Company. Jake, it's always a pleasure, man. I truly appreciate you taking the time. And uh, like I said, a lot of fun talking about these two games this week, but really excited to chat with you a week from today and be back breaking down some SEC football when the Gamecocks go to Lexington. Until then, Jake, appreciate it, man. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk soon. No problem, man. appreciate you having me. Talk to you next week. Yeah, man, take care great stuff from our buddy Jake Crane guys that being said we are going to jump into a quick break but i want to continue to hear from you more of your questions comments calls and more on the other side you're tuned in to the daily crow all right guys we're back taking your questions comments calls 843-790 3377 that is eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Here on this Friday, TGIF Victory Friday, by the way, a Victory Friday after last night's big win, fifty to ten, over the South Carolina State Bulldogs. And I tell you this, guys, I, you know, last night was fun. Great to be back in the stadium, by the way. Uh, great running into you guys. Thank you so much to those who came out to the TSUS tailgate. Obviously, the tailgate was a little bit light, and uh, the attendance was light as well. But uh, you know, thought it was an incredible time. Uh, really. Uh, Jump to the poll lines here. Dalton what's up man how are you how's it going
4: bud on this uh I guess victory Friday the game was last night
1: yeah doing well man doing well I'm I'm excited to after you know the last week or so traveling excited to uh sit down and hang out at the house and and get some work done and watch some football and you know I think it's actually going to be a lot of fun being able to take in some of the other games tomorrow so yeah doing well man doing well yeah I'm I'm glad we got it out of the
4: way, yeah. but I mean, one question I have for you is, you know, I look at the freshmen that we've been playing in garbage time in the fourth quarter in these last two games, and they seem like they're, you know, they seem like they would be able to do better than the than the veteran guys, honestly. I mean, you know, you look at our secondary. Um, I like Rush and I like Smith, but, and I like him and but out of that, we really don't You know, other than those guys, we don't really have anybody else um, that I think is an SEC level, you know, guy in the secondary because Marcellus Dial and um, O'Donnell Fortune are are not it. Uh, I mean, they they were getting burned by, you know, CUSA guys and SC State pretty much all all night. Our interior uh, defensive line is soft. You know, you hate to see the two guys go down with uh, ACL injuries, but I really liked how Bam Scott and uh, and uh, Stone Blanton played. And I'm just thinking, you know, moving forward, you think we should put some of those more, more freshman guys out there in SEC play? Because at this point, I, I don't think, you know, you're getting much of a downgrade. If anything, you're getting more upside with those players.
1: I mean, I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Listen, I I like playing the young guys of the upside over playing guys that, uh, you know, you, you do make a good point. You know, there are guys out there that have that have that have had their shot and had their opportunity, and I mean, they played solid football. And I'm not saying just throw them to the wayside, but yeah, if you've got if you've got youngsters with talent, I mean, listen, you're not winning the national championship this year, so some of this year is also looking ahead to the future and developing guys and getting them experience. And yeah, I mean, I I, I you know, and I hate to say that five games in, but it is something you got to keep you know, in the back of your mind, right? So um, I, I just want the best players to play, man. And if you got got young guys that that uh, that have upside that can help the football team, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's it's crazy, other, though. Other than that. I, I was just going to say it's crazy we're having this conversation when you felt like everybody felt like the, the secondary was this this massive strength of the football team. And I think we've we've seen in a couple of games that while it is a strength – the numbers maybe were a little inflated last year due to the fact that we could not stop the run and teams did not have to throw. I, I really do because there's been some concerns in, in the secondary from what we've seen.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, the the issue is I thought our perimeter uh, defense was pretty good. I mean, you know, when they got out on the outside, we were able to stop them most of the time in the second level. Obviously we're not, you know, playing against elite talent out there, but, <laughs> Shaq Davis and a couple of those guys have speed, you know, similar speed to what you're going to see in the SEC. So I I liked, you know, how we're, how these tune-up games have gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think our interior D line is incredibly soft and it's going to be an issue the next two games we play um, because Kentucky wants to run the football and Texas A&M definitely wants to run the football. Not, neither of those teams are pass heavy teams. so. If you want to have any shot on defense, you're going to have to be able to block in the in the middle and uh, stop some guys and stuff the run a little bit. And you know, I I just don't nothing I've seen proves to me that the interior of our defense can do that, which is concerning. Um, which is why I'm I'm in favor of just throwing the the younger talented guys out there and seeing what they can do because one thing I've noticed is that. The Beamer recruits, while you know they're a little bit unpolished, uh, they make some errors some of the time. They get after it, and they're putting in you know way more effort than I see the veteran guys. It feels like. Yeah.
1: I mean, listen, I, I you know, so, so I, I mean, yeah, if, I don't disagree with you that we're soft in the middle up front. I, I don't disagree with you. <clears throat> so
4: I mean, one thing I I would say you can sort of draw a conclusion is that for all the people who think, you know, Beamer is not the answer um, from a coaching standpoint, I think, you know, he's, he's done some things wrong. He's still figuring it out. But one thing that's undeniable is, is that Beamer knows how to evaluate talent and he's getting good players in, you know, to turn over this roster and get us to where we want to be. You don't, you know, under Muschamp, I didn't see the freshman play. And, and, you know, see kind of the the production and and the, you know, want to and the drive and the effort like I do with the Beamer guys. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a really promising thing. Other than that, you know, Rattler, he looked pretty good last night. I think he's getting better um, every game, um, you know, slowly getting there. Obviously, I don't like Marcus Satterfield's play calling. Uh, I believe Marshawn Lloyd or Rattler alluded to, to the fact that they've been simplifying the playbook these last two games and just trying to go back to basics, which I think is good. But that's not going to work. What we saw last night from a play-calling standpoint definitely is not going to work against Texas A&M or Kentucky. So, you know, <clears throat> again, Marcus Satterfield is going to have a prove-it game on against Kentucky. I think he's pretty much out yeah. anyway, but I'd like to win some games uh, <laughs> before he leaves us. <laughs> And obviously, he wants to get his uh, his resume, you know, polished up and and have a nice uh, stretch until the end of the season, so he can potentially get another job after he is released from, you know, his position here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've made the point, Dalton, and I'll say it again: Kentucky, Kentucky's the game for me. Um, you know, I had people saying, Chris, just go ahead and go ahead and pull the trigger, you know, after Charlotte or SC State. I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do that right after a 40 point win over South Carolina State. Well, this is the game, you know, we're going to fire Satterfield, but Kentucky's the game for me where, and especially Dalton now, you have extra time to prepare, right? If the offense looks anemic yeah. next weekend, like there will literally, literally be no excuse. There will be no excuse. So, um, I mean, Kentucky really is the game for Marcus Satterfield. Like, if he's even going to remotely try to save his job, the Kentucky game is it. The Kentucky game is it, flat out. Cause you're, cause you're not playing Georgia, right? You're not playing a team that's got, oh my God, you know, we're just playing a top five defense. And if we have a bad game on offense, it, it makes sense. You're playing a Kentucky team that's beatable. You're playing a Kentucky team that's mortal. You're playing a team like you should be able to have some offensive success against, right? And if you look, if you go yeah. out there and you look anemic, I, I just I'll I'll be done. I'll, I will be done with Marcus Satterfield. I will.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I'm already done with him. Yeah. At, at this, I mean, point. I'm I'm um, leaning that way, Dalton. No. I,
1: I'm leaning that way because I feel like I understand they simplified the offense, and that's all fine and dandy. And but I, I just think Satterfield. I think he is who he is. I I, I really do. I, I think that he doesn't have a second pitch. I mean, that's kind of how it feels right? It just feels like he doesn't have a second pitch. And like J.C. Sherbert said a couple weeks ago, I think, you know, in games we can run the ball, we can run at will. I mean, hey, the offense will look great, but like that literally goes for any offense, right? If you can run the ball at will, you're going to have a lot of offensive success. But when we can't run the ball, which is most likely what's going to happen in Lexington, what's the second pitch? And Marcus Satterfield has not shown to me that he has one.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd, I think, is definitely – he's he's basically proven – obviously, he was playing against, you know, lesser competition uh, in Charlotte and SC State, but I think Marshawn Lloyd has sort of proven that he's that guy, that five-star, you know, every down type of back that you need in the SEC to be good. Um, Juju's and, and uh, Christian Bill Smith are, are, are other pieces, and then obviously – our playmakers on the outside, you know, we've seen what they can do. So we have more than enough weapons. I thought our mm-hmm. offensive line has been able to, you know, block and is getting better as the season goes on, which is promising to me. Um, it, it's yet to be seen if they can do a good enough job to, uh, you know, help us get the win in Kentucky. But, you know, I'm, I'm saying overall, I've seen improvement. I feel a little bit, better than what i did going into uh you know going basically after the georgia game was over which is expected and i think these two tune-up games are really going to help us but the one thing i'm going to be looking for against kentucky is are we going to come out and have a slow start again because you saw against sc state we came out we should have been able to move the ball immediately yeah. go, go right down the field score a touchdown instead you know we're we're punting Three four times before we can put a good drive together. It's it's hard to Especially, comprehend, Dalton,
1: why this team starts so slow. I mean, it just really is. It, it really really is. And I know people get tired of hearing me say it, but I, you know, I, I just I think we all agree. You do that in these SEC games, and a lot like what happened at Arkansas, you look up and it's twenty one to three, and then you don't stand a chance. So <clears throat> it's yeah, just, I mean,
4: the the only way you're gonna you're gonna beat a, a team an SEC team on the road. Other than maybe Vanderbilt, is if you get a lead early, you establish a lead, and then you push your advantage the entire you know way. You you can't play from behind against teams like Kentucky, teams like Texas A&M, teams like uh, you know Florida. It, it's just not going to work. So, so I hope the coaching staff can use this extra time to sort of figure out what's what's gone wrong and make a, establish a game plan that will work in Kentucky. And then obviously if that happens, the feeling on the season completely changes and, and, you know, the potential four, six, seven uh, wins does, you know, become a a very good reality, I would say.
1: Yeah. You know, it's crazy, man. I feel like Arkansas was sort of that first game where folks were hinging their thoughts on the season of, you know, are we going to overachieve big time and maybe win nine games this year Arkansas was the first one. Now Kentucky has become the make-or-break game for the season in the sense of, as much as I hate to say it, I think there's a lot of folks that if we lose to Kentucky, you're going to have – and I'm not talking about the diehards, obviously, but you're going to have a lot of folks that just check out them. And I hate to say that. Hell, I hate it because it's my business. I mean, I hate that. I really do. Um, but I think a lot of fans are going to say, eh, I- I'll find something better to do than watch Carolina football second half of this year. And that's a shame, but – I just, I do I, We we talked about it all summer, man. If you're three and three, zero oh and three, going into the bye week, what is the mood, of the fan base, the the overall? Uh, where are you at mentally? And I, I just think it's going to be really tough. And especially again, if you look anemic offensively, the the, the heat is going to be turned up all the way on Marcus Satterfield. And and the I, I think I think Shane Beamer's hand will be forced a bit. I, I really do. I, I just I really really do because you, you, can you just keep saying the same things? over and over and over and over again if the offense isn't working, right? An SEC competition, because, I mean, we, we both agree. If you go to Kentucky and you look porous offensively, what you did against Charlotte and SC State, hey, it don't mean anything. It just doesn't mean anything. So, um, it, well, I mean, it kind of feels like it's really all is, coming down do, to that game. Do you think
4: that uh, Clayton White should be getting more heat than he's getting now? Because, I mean – Obviously his defense thrived on turnovers and, and getting you know, getting takeaways and stuff and we really haven't seen that. It was a concern in the preseason, but I feel like, you know, offensively we're we're clicking a little bit better than we were mm-hmm. in the in the at the beginning of the season, but defensively they still haven't shown me that they can, you know, slow down the run enough to, to stop us because or, or, you know, get us the win because If we go into Kentucky and we allow them to do what Arkansas does and get a touchdown on the first three drives, that basically kills all momentum. You know, I mean, we're basically out of the game before we even started it. So – Well, you know,
1: everybody catches heat when you're not winning and you're not playing well. So, um, you know, I, I, I do like Clayton White. I think Clayton White kind of reached untouchable status after last year because the expectations for the defense were so low right, because the defense was so bad in 2020. Um, and it felt like we really overachieved last year, which we did, which we did. Um, you know, I think the defense, you know, dealing with injuries, I, I just I think what stands out to us all is is why do we continue to struggle stopping the run so mightily? Um, that, that'll be really the storyline of the Kentucky game, right? Because that series, the reason Kentucky has beaten you and uh, beaten you the way they have over the last decade is because they've won the point of attack. They, they just flat out have. Even in 2019, when you won, the reason you won, you won at the point of attack. So the team that wins a lot of scrimmage in this series has, has won the game uh, pretty much every single time. So, you know, I, I that was the point I made a couple of weeks ago. And, of course, slapdicks on social media thought I was, I was calling for Jimmy Lindsay to be fired. It's like, I'm not. All I was saying was, if you're going to bring the heat to Marcus Satterfield, I'm totally fine with that. Cool. These coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. Like, cool, bring the heat. Why isn't Jimmy Lindsay feeling some heat, too, though? I mean, is the defensive line really overachieved, or do we feel like it's played up to its potential? And, and I'm not saying they've played bad these last two weeks. I'm just saying, they're like in SEC games, if you go out there against Kentucky and you allow 200 yards rushing again, it, it's like, I mean, I, you know, so, yeah. Blame can be, you know, blame can be passed around, man, for sure. When you're not winning, everybody gets blame, right? So.
4: Yeah, I mean, well. We're gonna we're gonna find out against Kentucky. Yeah. I, I like how you know we get two extra days to prepare. There should be no excuses for anybody, top to bottom, on this coaching staff. If we go to Kentucky and we lay an egg, I mean, I can deal with a loss to a very good Kentucky team. Right. If you know we're playing down to the wire and we lose by a touchdown, that seems like how it always goes against Kentucky. But if we just go out with from from minute one to minute sixty, uh, I'm gonna have some issues because
3: yeah.
4: oh yeah, you know, Kentucky has, has some problems and they're they're not as good of a team as, you know, their ranking would suggest, I think. Yeah. It, it, there's no reason in my mind why we can't go in there and, and potentially deal with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree, Dalton. Hey, I appreciate the call. My guy, we're going to have my buddy, uh, Brett Siancia of pick six previews, call in real quick. So I'm gonna let you go, but, uh, I appreciate the call as always my guy. All right. You have a good one. All right, man. Take care. Great stuff from Dalton. Um, again, my friend Brett Siancia of pick six previews guys, if you're trying to call in, just hold off for one second, we're going to get him in and out for 10 minutes. He hit me up yesterday. Hey man, you want to talk sec? You want to talk Gamecocks? So we're going to do that. Um, Really excited, Brett. A friend of mine. Uh, I'll, I'll chat right here. here we go. Brett Siancia, pick six previews. Brett, what's going on, my friend? How are you? It's great to hear from you once again.
0: Hey, good afternoon, Chris. I uh, hope you and South Carolina Nation are enjoying the season so far. Big win last night and uh, pushing that record up to three and two. But uh, how are you enjoying the season so far?
1: It's going well, man. Of course, as always, the beauties in the banter. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's always, you know, once we get into things, it's, it's, it's easy to sit back, Brett, and we've talked about this over the summer and make projections and predictions, but when you're going through the emotional roller coaster on a weekend week out basis, it, it just hits a little bit different, right? It's easy to sit there and say, okay, well, we'll lose this game or we'll win this game or what have you. But when you're going through it, right, it's, it's a lot harder to stomach when, when Georgia punches you in the face or Arkansas punches you in the face or what have you, but, uh, No, it's been great, man. It's been great. The season's been going well. um, And I know we're going to get you in and out of here really quickly, Brett. So I'll go ahead and jump right into it. Just your overall thoughts on the Gamecocks to this point in the season, like you mentioned, sitting at 3-2, and uh, but 0-2 in SEC play. Obviously a pivotal game coming up next weekend in Lexington against the Kentucky Wildcats. Just overall thoughts on South Carolina, Brett. Has anything surprised you? Maybe the play of Spencer Rattler. Obviously his stat line right now. Kind of tough to look at. Um, But anything specifically surprised you about the Gamecocks and your overall feelings and thoughts on them as a football team at this point?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I wrote in the preseason magazine there that the biggest concern and question mark was the offensive line, and specifically their run push. And that has not taken any progress so far. Um, When you look at South Carolina, they're 12th in the 14-team SEC there in yards per carry. Um, so that, that was kind of a pivotal position group that hasn't come to fruition yet. Hoping hope that will click for you guys. And then defensively, I thought there would be some gains too, uh, but towards the bottom of the conference and most big metrics there. Um, but the biggest surprise you hit on it was quarterback and the pass game, where I thought that they would take a huge step forward now with the quarterback spot, solidified some emerging targets there, at receiver and tight end. I thought that the pass game would come to the forefront Uh, Instead, you see a a stat line of four touchdowns to seven picks. Mm. Now, with that said, I think that uh, the Georgia game was penciled in as a loss. The Arkansas game, I at least had it as a loss. I know it might have been more of a toss-up and Mm. Carolina fought hard. But really not much has changed on the season outlook to this point Uh, when you're sitting there three and two after five games. I think that was kind of the expectation. So time to turn it around. You still have some big swing games with Kentucky, Missouri, Florida, uh winnable games out there if they get some position groups fixed.
1: Now, you talk on the SEC, Brett. Let's go ahead and dive into that. Again, I know you're limited on time. Uh, a big slate of games this weekend, and we'll start with that Kentucky Ole Miss game. I, I'm really excited, Brett, to watch that one, to take it in, because Kentucky, I feel like, you know, they get the big win on the road at Florida early in the season, which, you know, Florida vaults from being unranked to 15th in the country. Was that premature? I think probably so. And the Cats sit right now seventh in the nation. Now, I'm not trying to take anything away from them and Mark Stoops and what they've done, but I, I just I, – I'm sorry. I feel Kentucky's vastly overrated at this point. I think that's proven by the Vegas line. Ole Miss is a touchdown favorite in this game, Brett. What are your thoughts on Kentucky to this point, and uh, how do you view that game tomorrow?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's getting a lot of attention now. You have two undefeated teams, and – I think back in August that we had talked, I'd said, yeah, it's two contrasting styles. I'd have said that it was the power smash-mouth run game of Kentucky versus the wide-open spread passing attack of Ole Miss. And what's funny is you can kind of flip those descriptions right now because with Kentucky, they're dead last in the conference running the ball, just 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, More so, it's Will Levis uh, dazzling through the air. And then conversely with Ole Miss, they've really established a strong run game, six yards per carry and Jackson Dart is still getting some experience there as a starting quarterback in the passing. So kind of flipped the, the initial expectations style-wise. But, yeah, I agree with Vegas here. My numbers have it as old Miss minus eight and a half. Uh, I think that they're the better team, and I think they're going to win here Saturday.
1: Now you look at the rest of the SEC slate, Brett. Let's jump to the Alabama-Arkansas game. Uh, thoughts on this one? I'm on the Hogs plus 16 and a half. Um, I, I'm a little nervous because I could see Alabama coming out and playing their best game of the season. But your thoughts on that one should be a really fun one in Fayetteville.
0: Yeah, each week I, uh, I do my game grader formula and try and project what the Vegas lines would be. And uh, based on my numbers, this is the biggest discrepancy this entire week between my numbers and what Vegas has. Uh, my numbers have it more a six-, seven-point game for Alabama. And then the line at Vegas, uh, depending on when you got it, is 17-and-a-half, 16-and-a-half. So a, t- a big 10 point variance there. I-, I like Arkansas to cover that number. It's in Fayetteville. It's going to be rocking over there. Mm. Um, the one concern for Arkansas would be their pass defense, yeah. and, uh, statistically one of the worst in the country right now, yards per game passing. And uh, you're going up against the Heiser winner with a ton of mm. weapons on the outside. So uh, I think a high scoring game. And uh, but I think 17 and a half is too much. And would love to see Arkansas shake up the picture here. Mm.
1: Georgia, Mizzou, LSU, Auburn, Texas, A&M, and Mississippi State, the other SEC games. Which of those stands out to you? Which one will you be following most closely?
0: Well, I think the A&M-Mississippi State game has the most importance. I think those are two contenders in that division. But uh, in terms of best value, I would go LSU minus eight. I really think they're going to smoke Auburn. Uh, LSU, actually, uh, in my top ten of my game grader right now, um, hard to believe given the record, but uh, that's... That, One-point loss at Florida State was a little bit fluky. Uh, I think LSU rolls in in, uh, an Auburn team that looks like the worst in the SEC West. So, there's some value there. But it's going to be a great slate, man. I'm excited. Like you said, you wait eight months for the season to kick off, and here we are. Just another day in the SEC. Loaded with great games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. we got a bunch of top 25 matchups as well, including one at the road from the Gamecocks. uh, As the arch-rival Clemson takes on NC State as well, that will also be a fun one for me, Brett. Uh, Kentucky Ole Miss and that Clemson-NC State game. Those are probably the two games. And Texas A&M, Mississippi State, because the Gamecocks do have A&M coming up here in a couple of weeks. Last thing, Brett, before I get you out of here, when you look at this South kind of football team, I'll ask you this moving forward. Carolina's in an interesting spot because they're 3-2, and which is exactly where I picked them to be at this point and where you picked them to be at this point and where I feel like most everyone picked them to be at this point. But now you come – to a bit of a crossroads because you've gotten your games, you you no doubt were supposed to win, you know, games you threw in the win bucket in the preseason, Georgia State, Charlotte, SC State, right? You you lost to two really, really good football teams in Arkansas and Georgia. Now you really embark, I feel like, on the swing game part of the schedule, and I labeled this Kentucky game as the inflection point of the season over the summer in the sense of, you know, depending on the result of this game, it's really going to kind of tell you what path this season is going down But when you look at this football team, Brett, at this point, they're where we pick them to be record-wise. But are they where you expected them to be in regards to your preseason expectations for them? um, How do you see the rest of the season playing out? Do you feel like they're kind of going on the exact track you expected? Or do you think this season may, may, may fall a little bit short of the expectations you had because of the concerns, especially on the offensive side?
0: Yeah, I think record-wise, we agree. That's exactly what I had, three and two at this point. But overall, statistical and uh, my game grader and all the different metrics, they're a little bit below what I expected. Uh, Preseason, I had them 36 nationally. Right now, sitting at 51st nationally. So 15 spots below what I had expected to this point. Now, yes, it's only a third of the way in. And uh, two of their toughest opponents were front-loaded there. So there is a lot of opportunity to make up ground and start to flip the script on this season. Starts with Kentucky. Um, if we just pencil A&M as a loss, which that by no means is, is penciled in, but um, you see Missouri and Vandy and Florida looking very winnable on the other side of that break. So um, get, if you can get the Kentucky win, uh, you could be stacking wins there, 6-3, and 7-3, and three, heading into late November. So, um, And I'll leave your fans with this one last note here, not to, not to try and win over any Gamecock fans, but my upset of the week here, I have NC State beating Clemson. I think straight up they're the better team. I had that in the preseason book. I was the only one to pick NC State over Clemson then, and I'm sticking to it. So uh, it should be an exciting time for for Gamecock fans to look over the fence here a little bit Saturday night.
1: Brett, you may not be trying to win favor with Gamecock fans, but if nothing else, you won favor with me, my friend, not that you need any more (laughs) from yours, truly. Brett Cianci of Pick 6 Previews does a fantastic job. You guys check him out on social media, and be sure to stay tuned to all of his great work, Brett. Always a pleasure to chat with you, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Enjoy. Absolutely. Take care. Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Proves. How about that? Two guests. We've had two guests join here on this Friday. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick break. On the other side, though, I want to focus on your questions, your comments, and your calls, 843-790-3377. More of that. On the other side, you're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843 790 That's 843 790 I want to hear from you all. I see y'all going crazy in the comments right now. I mean, what's going on? Uh, by the way, quick side note, because Brendan M. in the Big Cock Club Discord brought this up, and it's a great point that he made. Um, So, the Carolina Alehouse watch party schedule that you guys see on the slides or whatever, and we do the watch parties, obviously, for all the road games. Um, I've got to talk to the Alehouse people. The plan is still to host a watch party at Alehouse, but I just won't be there. I'll get to in a second. Justin, what's up, man? How are you? How you doing, Chris? Doing okay, my friend? I'm doing well, my friend. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey,
5: Chris, um, I was at the game yesterday. Um, I had a good time. At least we'll be shocked, I said, but just something funny. Why, why, why the hell did you want four fifteen? 4
1: Why did we go for it on 4th and 10? That was crazy. Uh, I think we went for it because we were up by like 40 points and they wanted to, I don't know, just give guys experience or what have you. But uh, I didn't have any problem with going for it on 4th and 10. I just didn't like the play call. Uh, So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Because you were up by so much, it didn't matter. But I I, I, more so (laughs) – more so than the whole going for it on fourth and ten. I think what really just kind of blows my mind is this whole mentality of, you know, if we give Sat the go-ahead, like, man, we're gonna go for it on fourth, it's like that that then allows Marcus Satterfield to call like a halfback draw on third and seven. And, and it's just like I I don't know. And it, it seems like it never works. It just seems like it never works. So. Anyways, no,
5: no, it doesn't. Chris. Yeah, I, I don't know, my guy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's thankfully we were up by so much it didn't really matter all that much. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a head scratching move there. Oh yeah. Hey Chris.
5: Um. Hey Chris. I was doing a video yesterday, man. Those words, boy. Yesterday, man. You saw the video.
1: Of what now? The video of what? I
5: was doing a video. I was calling myself a video. Oh, you yeah, know, I did boy, see the video. Myself.
1: Yeah, no, I, I saw your video, man. Yeah, you did good. Did very good.
5: Oh, th- thanks, man. Hey, Chris. Man, uh, that's. Uh, hey, Chris. I, I did something this way the other day. That was an aggregate at somebody's house w- w- yesterday.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It, it was a. Uh, that was a fun night in Willie B, man. I, I hope we have a couple more of those home victories to to enjoy the rest of the season. So. I know. But
5: yeah. Hey, Chris. Um, did you see the Aggie in Florida? The Aggie was in somebody's
1: house yesterday. Hold on, in, in somebody's uh the, oh, the alligator in somebody's house. Yeah, yeah. Was that you that posted that? Yeah, I think was, I did. I think I did see that. Yeah,
5: yeah. It was crazy, Chris. I mean, this thing was this. Whew.
1: Yeah, no, that thing was crazy, huge. Crazy man. Just prayers to all those affected. It's it's wild. It's wild how. It's wild how that hurricane's ripping through. So definitely, everybody be safe. Check on your neighbors. Yeah, it,
5: Chris. I pray for my friend. My friend's down in Charleston because they go through this
1: right now. Mm. Yeah, no, it's. I know they're getting horrible weather on the coast, so we got we got a lot of folks that tune in, uh, that are fans of the show that are down there on the coast. So yeah, definitely be sure to check on them.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. Hey Chris, I'm looking for the Kentucky game. Um, hey Chris, we 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 gotta start being Kentucky again, man. Because look, we had not played with right less at all. You know, they 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 had got double down there. You know, Chris.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it's. And here's the thing, you know, I I I kind of. I don't know if people understand it. Like, I was kind of joking when I said it. But uh, when I replied to my buddy Brad Crawford last night when I said that, uh, you know, why does it seem like it always comes down to the Kentucky game? You know, it all – you know, because he made the point. Uh, Brad Brad said, needless to say, the trip to Kentucky is the biggest game of Sh- Shane Beamer's tenure up to this point. And narrative changing with a win. Um, and it's like – I made the point of like, why does it always come down to this game? But the point is this: you you cannot you you cannot justify that this is a program on the rise and on the up and up if you don't win a game like this. Like you said, like you said, you have to get back to beating Kentucky. You, you just have to. You have to. You know, I, I'm not saying if you lose this game this year that the program is doomed, but at some point you have to get back to beating them on a consistent basis or a minimum more often than you lose to them. Flat out. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's a huge game, man. I, I feel like, you know, it's crazy, man. I've been doing this since 2017, and I just feel like a broken record, though, because I feel like I say this about the Kentucky game every single year. I, I mean, it, and I'm, and I'm kind of yeah. getting tired of saying it, man. I really do miss the days where Kentucky was just a ah, – it's like Vandy. You know, we just, we just check it off. W, no big deal. So, um,
3: oh yeah. Hey.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, Chris. I get tired of losing Kentucky too, man. It's 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 getting old, man. We we gotta start getting back to those secure days, look, Chris, we see enough,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. We know we 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 we've seen enough. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to Kentucky, no doubt.
5: Yep. Hey, Chris. Where go, man. Hey, Chris. Who's your super dog this this weekend?
1: My super dog. Uh, probably Arkansas. I, I mean, I'm not picking her to win, but. I do think Arkansas will cover, and I think it's a close game.
5: Yeah, I got I got Arkansas, too, Chris. I, I, that's my super dog for a pit for that Because, listen, yes, I've going to Arkansas, but, but that said man, hey, I think Arkansas might come they, – look, they got hopped by the Aggies last day and look, they're going to be motivated, Chris.
1: Yeah, no, they're going to be motivated for sure, man. If you're not motivated playing Alabama, just pick a different sport.
5: Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris, um – also, I saw somebody coming and said they had Georgia upset by Missouri. Are you kidding?
1: Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. <laughs> that's not happening. Know Georgia, Georgia's going pick- to smoke. Yeah. Georgia's going to smoke Missouri. They're going to smoke.
5: Yeah, I agree, Chris. I don't know why people pick Missouri over Georgia. I don't make no sense. Oh, yeah, because Georgia,
1: they they look good to get kissed at man. I point. think is literally going to cover. Like, I, I think they're going to beat the hell out of Missouri.
5: Yeah, I agree, Because Just because Mazzola lost
1: all of it doesn't mean nothing, right, Chris? It means nothing. That's correct.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah. Hey, Chris, it's good talking to you, man. Justin, always a pleasure, my guy. I appreciate you calling in. Looking forward to a fun weekend of football.
5: Yeah, hey, Chris, I know this know kind of way, you know. You used to be talking about, about
3: the game, you know.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting weekend, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting weekend for sure. So it's going to be, yep. a, be a lot of fun. Be a lot Way of fun to watch the ball.
5: Yeah. Well, I'll see you uh, hopefully next Monday. Talk by next Monday, but take care, my brother.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. Hey, I appreciate you, Justin. Always a pleasure.
5: All right, you do. So, take all care.
1: Right, man. Later. Great stuff from Justin, guys. Y'all keep calling in. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. 3377. That's 843 790 seven let's <laughs> Bree what's going on how are you I'm all right I'm out in my
6: garage so I get a little bit better reception I was able to start keeping up with the show a little bit better hey uh Carolina Titan guy man listen dude uh, in the chat room real quick I'm gonna address this man please quit trying to make me out like I'm some crazy person because you take half of a piece of a conversation i'm having and then take a few words out of it twist it jacob and several other guys in the chat room man we we don't always agree but ain't nobody trying to like make each other look stupid and stuff by taking little pieces of somebody's conversation and twisting it anyway
1: welcome to my life Um, on a daily basis
6: dude dude okay i've spent hours and hours breaking down footage so like in another chat room he's like i bet you haven't dude literally literally you can see my work so it's it's there but anyway um i will tell you chris i you know obviously brought some concerns up because um for me was it you know i said the key for kentucky was getting some d-line penetration and i didn't see that last night so i'm a little concerned about that but i kind of went back and looked at the game again and kind of kind of took that like extra critical thought process out and i was like wait well They only played – they only had 16 pass plays. I'm not happy that we gave up rush yards, but they only ran 16 pass plays. It was an option kind of attack. You know, those can be difficult. Yada, yada. Let me back up, look at some things again. One thing I felt like I was noticing was that maybe Clayton White was playing with the D last night to try to to get more picks. Like he was – he looked like he was baiting just a little bit more. He was trying to bait. And I'm thinking maybe that was – potentially trying to get ready for Kentucky because Levis has been throwing a lot of picks himself. So on the hindsight of that, I'm a little less critical, but I don't know that. And I can't know what the hell was going on in the coaches' heads last night. So if they don't fix that and in the in the pass interferences, uh, that game's going don't, to – I don't know if we win. It'll definitely end up being closer than my original prediction, I'll tell you that. The, the D's going to have to play better than they did last,
1: last
3: night.
6: I'm not worried about the O. The O played great, I thought, last night. The D played – was questionable.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's you know uh, again like we say it's tough to draw conclusions from the South Carolina <laughs> State game, but uh, yeah, I mean the pi the pis have got to be cleaned up, and I mean it obviously played out um, or it worked out for the guys you know on the interception side of things, but uh yeah, I mean it's just it's you know it, it's a lot like the entire football team, it's just an imperfect group. I mean it's it's you know I, my 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 greatest concern though, and I, I I know you disagree, and that's that's totally fine, we can disagree, but. My greatest concern at, at Kentucky's line of scrimmage. I, I just we we've gotten pushed around with everybody with a pulse. So I I, I understand Kentucky had not ran the ball really well this year. I mean, heck, they haven't they haven't run it against anybody hardly. But uh, they get Rodriguez no. back. They, they get Rodriguez back, and uh, our our secondary hasn't been. He might make a been, big difference. He he very well might. And uh, you know he you know they they. Uh, They crushed us on the ground last year. I know they lost, you know, a couple guys in the offensive line. That was one of the reasons why I picked Carolina to beat Kentucky outside of the fact also that I thought, you know, Rattler would out Levis. I also picked it because I felt like we would do a better job at stopping them because of, you know, their losses up front, and I thought they might take a step back in their run game. But uh, it's just you, you can say whatever you want. This is how Kentucky's looked at this point in the season. Here's how we've looked. But this series, Kentucky's beaten you seven of the last eight it's come down to the line of scrimmage. So that to me has to be the lead storyline going into the game. It, it just has to, it has to, because it's that's where I Kentucky said, right? has physically whipped you. They've physically whipped you over the last decade. I mean, you, you just, it has to start there.
5: And
6: that's what I've been pointing to, right. I just, I, I just went in, you know, the other day, just, just, you know, like I, you know, I've done a lot of work on watching the O-line play since, you know, even going back to Georgia state, but Arkansas and Georgia too. And, you know, everybody's very critical O-line play and I was pointing to other things as far as like why the rushing wasn't working but our O-line was kind of holding out you know and, and they certainly look better against Charlotte you know a little questionable against SE State last night honestly but um, you know why did you know I don't know but it's kind of what I figured though everybody's gonna maybe start watching our run game a little harder because of Charlotte and then we opened up the pass game a little more It's kind of the purpose of Charlotte but all right, we struggled a little bit getting, getting some runs, I think, against SE State. But I still think, I don't know, I mean, I think our, our, think our O-line has been playing a lot better than they've been giving credit for, you know, just by the breakdowns I've made. And then you hear other people starting to say the same thing, that a lot of the early issues might not have been the O-line as much as like bad reads just a lot of other little things you know what i mean so i'm 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 still optimistic in our o-line i'm just scared about our d-line because like you just said and they're getting rodriguez back and then they they hurt us that way last year and i was counting on the d-line to look better against these State than they did so that that's that's my concern man that's my concern
1: yeah i mean i I, i'll be honest i'm concerned with both lines of scrimmage uh you know, I'm what I'm hoping. Ooh, I know what, you are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what I'm hoping is that these two games, again against Charlotte and SC State, were great opportunities for our our offensive line to. You know, it's uh, it's crazy. I say, you know, really work on. You know, continue to gel. When it's like these guys have all played together for like seven years at Carolina, so they they shouldn't need two games to gel. But uh, you know, confidence building games, and uh, you should feel as goody a, a good as good about yourself as you possibly can going into the Kentucky game. So, I mean, listen, listen, here's the thing. That's why there's so much pressure on Marcus Satterfield, and there should be, because with extra time to prepare, there's just literally no excuse. As, as Dalton was saying earlier, there's there's if you go out and lay an egg, heads should roll. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Heads should roll. I, I'm sorry. It, it's just, you know, how many more excuses can you make for people? Like, how much more time do you need, you know? Um, because this is an offensive line and, and really a defensive line, too, that – They've played together a lot of football. They've played together for quite a while. Like, dude, you don't need any more games to get it figured out. This is going to be game six next weekend. Bro, if the offensive line stinks next weekend, guess what? The offensive line just stinks. And and that's and that's the fact. <laughs> so, I mean, right. hey. I, no, you know, you're right. You're I mean, right. bottom line. And, and, and honestly, honestly, against competent competition, the offensive line has stunk. Like, they, they played better. Don't get me wrong. The bar was set so astronomically low coming out of week one, though. I mean, they've played better, but can you run the football? You know, can you run the football? And and right now, just to be totally transparent, Bree, if you ask me right now, gun to head, you got to pick one. Over, under 100 rushing yards for Carolina at Kentucky, I, I'd take the under in a heartbeat. I'd take the under in a heartbeat. I, I just, until I see it, it's really hard for me to, but – you know, again, maybe, like I said last night after the game, we won't know the impact, just how big or minor the impact is of these two wins until we play Kentucky. Like, Because maybe these two wins were really like a, you know, a, a two weeks where we found ourselves and, and it just it just all clicked. And maybe it did. Maybe it did. But, you no, know, that's the hope, right? That's I mean, the hope, yes. Let's
6: keep in mind, too. You know, Kentucky's got this game tomorrow, you know, and that's going to tell us a lot too, man, because a lot of people are comparing the paper stats. And I I think I did a tweet this morning, and I was like, look, this was the stats uh, before this week. And if I'd had the stats before that week on paper, we would have looked a lot further off from from Kentucky. But by after Charlotte, we had caught up. And if you look at their schedule, they're playing similar opponents. We've actually had more tough opponents until now – our schedules will be exactly the same. Where we've had an FCS opponent, a lower, you know, a lower FBS, two lower FBS opponents, and two SEC opponents. So until after this weekend, I don't even want to really hear about the on paper stuff. You know what I mean? Because people aren't even watching the games; they're just talking about, well, wow, they've got this many that stats or that stats. And I'm like, look, have you watched them play? Don't, don't, don't talk about that. Have you watched them play? After this weekend, the
1: paper stats will look a lot different too. I don't. I don't see them beating Ole Miss this weekend, man. I, I took Ole Miss to cover. Yeah, I, I don't think they're beating Ole Miss. But yeah, you know, you know, as Jake Crane pointed out, though, maybe it's. I mean, I I, I hope Kentucky wins because I'd love the opportunity for I Carolina do. to beat a to beat a top you know, what I think might be a top five team, and and I and I um, do agree to Jake's point that, you know, I, it, I I don't know how much it really matters, but you know, if Kentucky loses and then they're coming they're coming back home, a kind of a backs against the wall type feeling, and they'll have a lot to prove. Like we're fired up. Well, yeah. I'd, I'd rather just catch Kentucky when, like he's saying they're everybody's patting them on the back and they're feeling good about themselves. And, and, uh, and again, it just gives us an opportunity to be the higher ranked opponents. So, um, but I, I do
6: have Here, Ole Miss. here's how I, I, I like to see this game go this weekend: mm-hmm. is that Ole Miss and Kentucky look as sloppy as Florida, and, and they get the win, but it didn't even look that great. You know what I mean? If it looks right. anything like the Florida game, I'm not going to worry too much about
3: Kentucky. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think it's I think what's really telling in this game is that Kentucky is the seventh ranked team in the country, and they're an underdog. I, I mean. Because like you said, people just on paper, (laughs) people just on paper are gonna say, I mean, this does this makes no sense. Kentucky's in the top ten. I'm picking them. But like if Ole Miss is favored, that should kinda tell you a lot about the game. Right. So Yeah. Yeah. So
6: Well, we're gonna we're gonna see tomorrow. I'm gonna get off the phone, man. I gotta go gotta go repair a sink, man. I had a damn the, the drains just dropped out of my sink last night and we had a flood. So got to go do some work and, uh, I'll catch you next week, man. I, I should have some new breakdowns and stuff, uh, up on my channel. Maybe if, if the weather clears up and I can get a damn signal out here, uh, um, maybe by Monday or so. So
1: I'll chat with you then. Bree, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call. Always a pleasure. Awesome stuff. Guys continue to take your questions, comments, calls. Thank you, Bree, for that. Um, Complete side note here, by the way, I, I, I am in big-time fall mood. You know, I, I'm a summer guy, right? Today, by the way, last day of September, right? Officially tomorrow, October the 1st. Spooky season is upon us. By the way, uh, go Braves to hell with the Mets. I want to go ahead and throw that out there. Braves and Mets begin a big series tonight in Atlanta. Obviously, this isn't the uh, the chop-on show, but I uh, just, just want to throw that out there. My guy, p Doc, I don't think he's tuned in today, but uh, yeah, so. Let's see. <laughs> the questions are rocking today. The chat room's going crazy. Back to the point I was making about the Carolina Ale House thing, guys. My my plan is to, uh, and I got to talk to the Ale House people, but my plan is for there to still be a watch party hosted at the Ale House in Augusta, and me just not be there. So. I don't know if folks will still want to come. It's a tough situation, man, because, again, my mom would – my my family would disown me if I didn't go to the wedding, obviously, and I don't don't think anybody expects me to not go uh, for my sister. If it was anybody other than my sister, if it wasn't family, I wouldn't be going. I would not be going. So um, I'm unfortunately going to be that guy at the reception that is indeed watching the wedding uh, on his phone, or I I think I might just have the MacBook pulled up or or something. I got to figure something out. Got to figure something out, or maybe there'll be a TV. Hell, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever. Whatever. Anyways. Anyways, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Again, Victory Friday here. Uh, I thought Bree made some good points. Again, it's, it's just, it's so tough to take away anything, you know, and, and – and, Label anything as concrete, you know, from a game like that South Carolina State game where the talent discrepancy is just, is so ridiculous. It's so wide, right? So, um, like I said last night, I, I I don't think we'll know the real impact of that victory until next weekend. I, I just, let's check the lines here. Zachary, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Chris, how are you? I'm doing well, appreciate you asking, what's up?
3: I didn't know nothing, So, the game, Coxwood, watching the rain. Very good. Okay. Yeah. So, lots of people are talking about the game. You know, I, I honestly, I just feel like these last two weeks were just the weeks you needed. You need a week for the offense to gain confidence and the defense to get healthy. And yet, we still have some questions going into the Kentucky game. But I feel mm-hmm. like at least this team has some sort of confidence because the first three weeks of the schedule were just so brutal. Mm-hmm. It did like, you know, it didn't have you having, you know, it, it was so brutal the first three weeks. So it was really, you you know, you deep from the defense getting, like, decimated by injuries and then the offense just looking so stagnant. And it's just, like, and there's a lot of confidence, a lot of questions, like, is this team quitting or not? And I feel like these uh, last two weeks was just what the team needed uh, to gain confidence. But I definitely hear what everyone's saying, especially about the Kentucky game, and I did agree with your points earlier that, the Kentucky week really is like, you know, some people might already say that Stratfield should get fired, but uh, I feel like the Kentucky game is definitely a big, uh, big test in just seeing if Stat retains the job uh, next year. I mean, this year, you know, what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, the the, you know, a lot of folks are already on the fire Sat train. But the Kentucky game is it. I, the, the Kentucky game is it for Marcus Satterfield. And you have extra time to prepare. So, if you go into Lexington and the offense is anemic, that'll be all she wrote. Th- that'll be it. Yeah. Uh, you know, fair, unfair, I mean, whatever you want to argue, that's it. That'll be it. Kentucky's it. Yeah. So, that that's on the line yeah. next weekend. That's on the line. Yeah.
3: I agree. I mean, looking for us, that's always done his best work when he has extra time. If you look at uh, Florida coming off of the bye week, uh, NC State, those are always, he always has good showings when he has extra time. So I don't know if that will translate to, you know, into this season, but that's something to cling to. But you know, it would be nice to go to Lexington and shock the world with Kentucky ranked, what, they're still eight. There's seven. There's seven. Um, there's seven thousand now. Okay, I don't know. I I I say Ole Miss. Can, I, I think Ole Miss beat them. I think Ole Miss can beat them. Well, Ole Miss. So is a, Ole the Miss rank. is a
1: touchdown favorite, so they're expected yeah. to beat them. Believe it yeah.
3: or not, they're expected to beat them. I, I had that. I had that as a. I had as that as a dub for Ole Miss as well. Um, so I, I said it before. I haven't sat down and watched Kentucky yet. But from what I see from them, and a lot of people have said this too, they look very mortal. They look a little, um, a little bit overrated. And South Carolina had a, they had a way different schedule than we had. They had like Miami of Ohio. Uh, I think they caught Florida at the right time, and they had like Youngville, uh, Youngstown, was it in East Illinois? So they had a. Like while we had an uphill climb, they kind of had like a easy road. So, but they're still these, so that allowed them to be right. But they still have their weaknesses that I do believe that if we can just exploit them a little bit, we could uh, win this game. I don't think we can blow them out, but I think we could at least win by like a touchdown or three points, or maybe even ten.
1: I love it. Hey, from your lips to God's ears, I hope you're right, my friend. I hope you're right. So, I, I, I'll tell you this, too. I'm just – I'm excited to get back to playing SEC competition because those are the games that matter. I mean, it's it's great to have the feel-good cupcake games and games to build confidence. But, I, I mean, they're great for what they are. But now I'm just – I'm excited to see, okay, now now what do we have? Do you go to Kentucky and it's, hey, it's just you are who you are. It's, it's what we saw against Arkansas and Georgia. Or did this team – find themselves in that two weeks against Charlotte and SC State. I, I'm so ready and excited. Again, I, I I pray to the high heavens that the Gamecocks can show something and pull up a big victory because I talked about it in the summer, and I'll say it again here, and I'll say it all next week too. If you lose that game and you're 3-3, three 0-3 three, in SEC play going to the bye week, it, it's just – this fan base is going to be in disarray. I mean, I mean folks are going to be in, in complete disarray, out of sorts. So – uh, it's it's a pivotal game, man. I mean, it's it's not a game where it's an indictment on the Beamer era per se, but I mean, I, I won't be happy with three and three, zero oh, and three through six games. Like all the pieces you added, especially if the offense stinks. That's why I'm saying it, it is the make or break game for me for Marcus Satterfield. I, I've been very patient. I feel like with Satterfield. I, I've tried to, you know, last year I defended him. Hey, it's personnel, it's personnel, it's personnel. You know, now he's got a new quarterback. Now he's got these these weapons, these toys to play with, and the offense has still been anemic against quality competition. So, yeah. if that happens again, that you're out of excuses. Uh, again, we talked about it. You traded yeah. in the beat up hoopty for the Ferrari. If it don't work this year, it's the driver, not the car. So,
4: yeah.
3: And I've been saying, i said it too, I'm like, some people say that Shane Beamer won't do it. And I'm like, I feel like he, he will have no choice, especially if he's in the Kentucky game. I feel like, you know, some people, I feel like some people think that like he's going to, he wants to go down the shuttle. I'm like, why would you risk your job if something clearly not working? in the stat, you know, I've tried to be patient too. I jocked it up to personnel, but it's kinda like like you said, we have the ta- we have good talent on this team now and the fact that we can't get it going, it it, it does show something more about the person in charge than the player. Yeah.
1: I, I, I am I am doubting the scheme more and more and more as every week passes. Zachary, I appreciate the call, my guy. Also, let me point this out. Let me point this out. I need y'all to understand this, all my folks that call in. Um, If you ever watch, like, Paul Feinbaum or you ever listen to any call-in shows, right, they navigate the phone lines as such. People call in, and and I'm not Zachary. That was a great call, by the way. But I just hung up, right? We're about to go into a break. If I hang up in a convo with you, like, we got to transition to a break, we got a guest coming on, I ask you to not take it personally. And you need to understand when you call in that you are subject to, you know, get your question, do whatever, get the banter, and then, you know, we can, we can move because we're getting a lot of calls. So I want to make sure we're able to get to them all. We've also got breaks, guys, for advertisers. We've got guests that come on. So just just be aware. If I do do what I just did, please don't take it personally. It's not because I, I don't like you. It's just because we got to keep the show rolling. Guys, with that being said, one final break. Uh, and then I want to continue to hear from you. We'll wrap it up on this Friday. More of your questions, comments, calls, and more on the side. You're tuned in to the Daily crowd All right, guys, we're back. Final five minutes or so here on the Daily Crow. We're taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. If you guys want to get a last-minute call in. By the way, shout-out to our guy, Yonko Boudreau, who's got a show tonight, the Palmetto Distillery in Anderson at 7 and 9. Y'all go check out Yonko Boudreau if you want to get a good – get get a laugh in, if you will. Get a laugh. Young Savage, what's up, man? How are you?
3: Doing
1: good, man. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Well, it was an awesome
3: victory last night against uh, South Carolina State. I feel very, um, become proud and very happy. And last week, we beat Charlotte, against, against, um, Charlotte uh, against them. So, you know, we have to um, make sure that we need to uh, get our energy on and need our community on and support others, I think. That must be the the greatest thing I did on, on this football season. I think that the other last with the other two weeks of, the, of against uh, Arkansas and Georgia was a tough time, and um I had this moment too, to maintain myself, but I just uh made, got to think about everything. So I hope that we beat. I know we beat Charlotte and South Carolina State. It, it was a double, it was a two double win. I think that was awesome for us.
1: Yeah. I mean, it do that. And now, and now the real work begins, right? You're three and two where we all expect you to be, uh, that Kentucky game, man, it just, it just, it looms large, looms large. And you go into the second half of this season with a lot of toss up games, right? A&M now looks like a toss up game, Florida, maybe maybe Tennessee at home, uh, you know, even Mizzou now Vandy that you can beat. So, I mean, it's, it's a big, it's a big, uh, second half's pivotal, second half's pivotal for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, an, an, an impressive win, you know, a, a solid win last night. Uh, again, what can you really take away? I don't know, but uh, solid win last night for sure, and it, it's just felt good to uh, to feel good over the last couple of games.
3: Speaking so, of Kentucky, I'm going to visit the game down this weekend, like this afternoon. So Kentucky uh, be against O Mississippi, home Mississippi. So I'm not just watching for that, and I know we got got Kentucky. Next week, well, we got Kentucky next week, so hope I'm gonna, I will not be mad, but hope I hope they win. It's easy to um, easy to win, so I know we got know we're going to lose, and I know Kentucky going to win. I get through in my brain, so yeah, I'm going to visit to visit Mississippi State to watch Kentucky and old Mississippi tomorrow afternoon. So yeah, I got my point. I got the plan up for my schedule on tomorrow.
1: Love that. Yeah, that should be a hell of a game. I'm looking forward to it. Young Savage, I appreciate the call, my guy. Um, yeah, listen, I, I, when you look at the games tomorrow, and it's kind of fun because we don't play, so now we're able to kind of all sit back and watch football and take it all in. And I'm looking forward to that Kentucky Ole Miss game. I, I really am looking forward to that Kentucky Ole Miss game and uh, also seeing Clemson-NC State. And there's a lot of good games tomorrow, a lot of good games. So um, should be a fun day of watching football. You know, normally I try to do something different. Try to detach when I can, but I think tomorrow will be a good day, especially with what the weather's probably going to be like. It'll be a good day to sit back and relax and watch ball. And um, Guys, I was saying this a little bit earlier, but um, on a complete side note, normally, like, I'm, I'm a big summer guy. Love the pool, love the beach, love being on the water, uh, love when it's hot. But I, I'm as ready for fall this year as I've ever been. I actually bought a pumpkin. I bought a pumpkin while I was in the mountains. Me, bought a pumpkin. Not a normal thing for me to do. I, I don't normally buy pumpkins. So, I did indeed confirm, per sources, bought a pumpkin. Um, and you got the cool weather now. I'm ready for hoodie season, man. I you got, the, got the beanie on today. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I really am. I really am. So, October the 1st hits tomorrow, guys. October the 1st. It's the final Daily Crow of the month of September. And I will say this, guys. Thank you all so much. Um, thank you all so much for making the month of September, a success um, from the merchandise side of the business. Obviously, the podcast, the Daily Crow, all of the content. You guys continue to show love and support and engage. And, and uh, you know, here's the hope. And we have a lot to cheer for in the month of October. I know September was really interesting, right? We go three and two. I, I just because like I've told you guys before, I have a really a really unique vantage point on the Gamecocks fan base and, uh, you know, a, a really unique. Um, view of things based off of numbers and analytics and, and, and engagement rates rates and impressions and stuff like that. And uh, let's just say, I, I, I mean, I can tell these first five games have taken a toll on Gamecock fans. I, I, I can tell. I can tell. Um, John, why did you say boo? Why are you booing? Why are you booing, John? <laughs> why are you booing, John? Um, anyways, I can tell that the – the season at this point has taken a toll on some of you, and we just – that Kentucky game – oh, spooky season. Okay, John, I, that's what I thought you meant, but I was like, okay. And I know you'll probably agree with this, John. I mean, that, that, that Kentucky game is so pivotal to almost, like, get this thing back on the tracks. I, it, it's just – oh, man. I mean, I'm not worried about any of us, but all the folks, you know them, right, that are that – are Josh Pate labels them casuals, right, the casuals. You don't beat Kentucky, and those casuals are they're, they're dipping out. And you know, from a business standpoint, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> um. Yeah, Young Savage, listen, hey, you're you're good, my guy. I, you're you're good, you're good. Uh, John says, win against Kentucky means seven and five. A loss probably means five and seven. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. I mean it really is that inflection point for your season. I, I would agree with you, John. I, I really do believe it's the inflection point for your season. Massive game, a pivotal game, but we will worry about that starting Monday of next week. Guys, thank you all so much tuning in. That's going to do it for me. Uh, appreciate it. Hey, y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Have a fantastic weekend. Like I said, by the way, prayers to those affected by Hurricane Ian. Y'all make sure to check in on your neighbors, those on the coast especially. Uh, make sure they're doing okay, and uh, let's all have a safe weekend. Guys. Again, thank you all so much. Yet another successful week in the books. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a fantastic rest of your Friday and a great weekend. And we will talk to you on Monday.